We have some real opportunities in front of us, yet most of us completely blank and miss them. Welcome again to season two of Chillin' and Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. This is the Life Innovator series, and we'd like to welcome you to the dream. Yep. I'm O. I'm No. And, and together, together we, we make, make O. No. Yeah. So, O. Yes. We are presented with so many opportunities every day. So and, many. Yeah. And so many ideas. So how do you decide to go after an idea or not? Mm, like... Like in a business sense or like, hey, look at that juice shop that just opened. I want to have some juice or, well, it or, could be hey, a, it that could, guy is an idiot. I should punch him in the face. Well, an opp- well <laughs> okay. What, These kind are of, all, what kind of opportunity? It doesn't have to be a business opportunity necessarily, but something that you want to further pursue. Like something that you say, hmm, any opportunity. What makes you, you know. What makes you want to go after it? Or well, an idea. Let's say a new idea comes to you and you say, hmm, that's interesting. Should I explore it? Should I not? Well, I think it depends on what the idea and what I'm trying to get out of it. You know, like that's why I asked you if it's a business idea. Because then at the end of the day, there's like a money aspect to it, you know? Well, that could, what, whatever the motivation is, everything has a motivation. Right. Versus some things, it's more like, I mean, I guess all of it, I want to be something that I'm going to feel good about. Like, I remember uh, I was looking for a new apartment recently, and I was just being super indecisive about what I was looking for in an apartment. But the one thing that, like, stuck out to me was, like, I I was really uh, fascinated by, like, the Chinatown, Lower East Side area. And I just loved being in that neighborhood, like, just walking around there. And it got me really excited and, like... I have previously thought about being in other neighborhoods or whatever, and I just didn't have that feeling. So, like, the one thing I knew was, like, the apartment needed to be in that location. I started, like, being a bit more flexible with some of the other things. Why did it need to be in that location? Because I just got this energy about it. It was just, like, I I was, like, smiling constantly because I was, like, walking in that neighborhood and just gave me this, like, I just felt alive, like, walking (laughs) around there. So, like, I was, because of that, I was, like, definitely going to... So you felt like it would promote more happiness in the future yeah and then the other stuff end up business wise or financial wise is actually like i was thinking about airbnb or like renting it out a little bit and all that sort of stuff um and then kind of realized it was actually like a good financial move as well perfect i'm so glad that you that you said that because mm-hmm. um that's actually your your motivation behind it was actually called promotion focus so it's when you focus on what you might gain out of an opportunity or potential advancement. Mm-hmm. So it can be applied to personal goals, a business venture, anything. Mm-hmm. But it's really about how you look at it and say, okay, I see that this idea has potential for for growth mm-hmm. or, you know, has some, has some life after that decision. And the reason I want to talk about promotion focus is because our life innovator today, Slam and Sam, has worn many different hats in the music and audio industry by leaning into opportunities he saw. So he's a successful music producer, a DJ, and a host of his own Ustream show, The Slam Show. Say hi to Sam, Slam and Sam. 
Hello, hello, ladies. Hello, hello, Slam Sam. Hi, Sam. Sam. Yes, yes. I'm glad to be on the show. Thank you. I'm glad to have you. I'm, 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 I can't decide if I'm going to sneeze or not. So I'm just like in this like limbo right now. It's okay. You can edit it later. <laughs> oh, it's the cutest sneeze. I love when she sneezes. I like hope she sneezes. <laughs> I was sneezing all day earlier with that cat. Um, no. Yeah. So Sam, I thought that what was interesting about you after we had our initial discussion was that it just seemed like every time you saw an opportunity, you just jumped for it. You always saw what the growth potential was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I wanted to talk about promotion focus. So do you want to talk about how you kind of, um, you first started out as a DJ, right? You were working somewhere at a place and then you decided to quit and go as an in- go intern? Actually, I got fired. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> kind of, wait, what kind of DJ? Like a radio DJ or like a, like parties? Like- yeah, I ended up being that. Which a radio one? DJ. Radio DJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went all the way with it. Put it to you that way. Yeah, so tell us about how you, the first step to going all the way with your radio DJing. Well, you have to have a certain motivation. Mm-hmm. And just a backtrack to what you were saying, I got fired from my regular nine to five job. You're fired. And in case your ears are fucked, get the fuck out. And that was something that was, uh, at the moment, really like bizarre because I was hoping to continue that path because the whole music thing at that point was just a hobby. And I wasn't really focused on developing that into anything further. I wanted just to go into that normal program, nine to five mentality. What nine to five? I was actually a car rental agent. A car rental agent? Yeah, doing customer service stuff, renting out vehicles, doing a contracts, driving customers to and from the dealerships, stuff like that. Why'd you get fired? I guess because I was really overwhelmed because I actually got promoted to being assistant manager and being assistant manager for a car rental agency, there was a lot more responsibility from just renting out vehicles. Yeah, You had to be accountable for vehicles that aren't being returned and actually have to go out there and try to repossess the vehicle, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, so, so like, yeah, drama. Lots of drama. Yeah. yeah. And one fires out all day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Having to work past the time you clocked out, showing the corporate guys that you have the uh, initiative to uh, go over and beyond a lot of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I guess there were things that I couldn't do and the head honcho said, we have to let you go. Okay. So. You were like, okay, so what do right, now? So. So, basically, I was at a crossroads because I wanted to continue making money because I had my condo, I had bills, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, I ended up actually getting an a opportunity to intern for a major radio station here in San Francisco. And back in the day, it was called Wild 107. Wild 107.7. That's right. Yeah, now it's 94.9. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And how that came about was the producer of the morning show, his name is DJ Love Cheese, was at a- Love Cheese, that's amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Love Cheese was at a club that he was promoting (laughs) the station. Uh, What's so funny? DJ Love Cheese. You remember? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he that's, actually. That's that, what he, no, that's what he sounded like. I just said that because I well, love his name. Well, the name is really 
well, actually, it wasn't the the original name. It was actually something a lot more gross. Okay. It was Love Jizz. All right, but yeah, they couldn't really go. <laughs> yeah, over that's a cheese. Here. Cheese, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that so meant. cheese sounded more. <laughs> yeah, except yeah, a little bit more Maybe. acceptable. Love cheese, DJ. Love cheese. All right, cool. And I cheesed in my pants. Cheese in my pants. Okay, anyway, let's go. Midge, if you're hearing this, <laughs> this is all on the fly, and I'm trying to give you props, but they're just clowning the shit out of you. No, I love it. I and love I it. I wish people had DJ pants. names like that now. Anyways, he was actually promoting at this club that I was somewhat uh, connected with on a uh, kind, of, kind of like a consulting in. I was still I was doing that while I was working the mm-hmm. the car rental agent position. So I drifted to that, started. Uh, expanding my duties at the club and uh, love cheese was there with the wild 107 staff doing a promotion and i just approached him and said hey i I like to intern for you Mm -hmm. and kind of see what the radio life is because that's one of the dreams i had was to build on my dj abilities and my efforts but eventually be on radio because Mm -hmm. there was a lot of radio djs that i looked up to at that point and i wanted to go through that initial door and kind of see where that was going to lead me. So he said, oh, yeah, no problem. Just come by uh, 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> because that's when the morning show starts prepping up. Mm-hmm. And I was there. What, what kind of music? Sorry, I'm not from the Bay. So. It's hip-hop. Okay. Hip-hop and R&B. Yeah. Okay. Hip-hop. There was some dance at the time. So I went ahead and just shadowed him for, I'd say, about a month. And I just did everything that he asked me to, whether it's going to fetch coffees or edit stuff that he couldn't do. And there was just this one morning show where the main guy of the entire show, Man Cal Muller, he asked to have this underdog. You remember the cartoon underdog, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He wanted to have a song with the underdog theme. So he gave me all these video cassettes back in the day not <laughs> not dvds and said take out all what you can from this and create a song about mm-hmm. a minute and a half two minute song and i said i could do it and boom i put it together got got it done came back to the station the next morning he played it on the air everyone loved it and next thing you know i get this knock on on the uh, door where i was doing the intern stuff and it was the program director and he goes, Sam, would you please come into my office? And he said, I'd like to give you a position on the air to DJ and put together mixes along with the rest of the mixing staff. Wow. I was like, yay. Awesome. So, yeah. And that was kind you of your like, plan, though, yeah. right? That was your plan. Yeah. But believe me, there was some stories where people would just intern for years and yeah. not get and an not, opportunity. Not get an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So I really thank Love Cheese and man cal for allowing that door to be open through having that little project right right put together after that i started developing a lot of contacts through the industry mm-hmm. because they wanted to stay in touch with me because i'm the vehicle to get their music out because hey if i could get through this dj and he could play it plays it on the air then everyone's gonna buy my record mm-hmm. that's how it works mm-hmm. so i was doing that for a good year and a half and at the same time i was developing my industry contacts and also working on my music craft 
to be able to make original Produce, music. Producing. producing, yeah. And this is the nineties. Yes, yes. Are, are we going to start? Yeah, late getting ni- specific. Late nineties, early. <laughs> well, I don't want to date myself. I don't want to date myself. I just want to hear like what music's playing on the radio. I'm trying to imagine this. Like, well, you said dance and stuff, so I started thinking. Yeah, like, I think. You know, oh. Yeah, when it comes down to the music that I, I got was. The power, like, shit. Yeah. It's it's in that area, but La not. Bouche. Was La Bouche really big at the time? Yeah, actually, that was. Wanna be culture club. Wanna be my lover. Wanna be my lover. Yeah, but I wasn't doing that type of music. But it was still the, that sort of Not dance hit. music factory. Yeah, yeah. It was that up-tempo thing. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah. I love this story when you told me you were when you were a kid and you made you had like a list of all of the songs and yeah. you would make per- personal mixes for people yeah, in see, school. And see, that's the crazy thing because I was already thinking like an entrepreneur when I was like in eighth grade, Hell 13 yeah. years old. And yeah, uh, as far as that, I would put together these tapes. Yes, we are Mix starting tapes. to go back. Yeah, Mix. actual cassettes. <laughs> yeah. And those would be my mixes that I would put together and I would have a list. Actu- yeah, actually, there would be these lists that people would pick specific songs and I would mix them. So you would want Jan Jackson or whomever. And you, it would be, I think, like a maximum of 20 songs. And from that, I would put together the mixtape and have it on the porch and you would just come pick it up and drop your money off and be on your way. <laughs> there was a lot of trust factor that. with that sort of <laughs> process. But yeah, that's... I love that. Yeah. Did you draw designs on the... On on, the- oh my God, making those, those actually, tapes. Actually, what I did was I had like regular labels and I would... It was through a typewriter. Oh yeah. my god! You had a typewriter. A typewriter. Yeah, not even a word processor. You didn't even use the sharpie and like write in like in your like. No, no. Uh, the sharpie was for the masters, for uh, the ones that I would that I would keep. But I had to keep it on a very professional, detailed end. I just like want to like reminisce a little bit about like hearing the, your favorite song on the radio and like having a blank tape in or like having your tape that you've been recording on queued up to that moment. And then what's funny, I have all those tapes still. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just and like you'd hear your song, you'd run to the radio and you would just like hit record. See, and th- <laughs> that's part of what makes you you because you're doing something that you you really enjoy and because you're a kid you only have so many means so many sources you don't have a whole hell of a lot of money so you take those opportunities you have the the record button press down with the pause button so when you hear it you just you press the pause button it'll start recording immediately so i still have all those tapes (laughs) and it's it's funny because at that age you're thinking wow I look up to this person, then you fast forward just 10 years and you're that person. And it's amazing. It's truly, I, and, and the funny thing is, is that through that process until today, I've always told people, if you believe in what you want to do, it will happen. You just have to put the time and effort and sacrifice your life to make it happen. It will happen. It's that simple. Well, it was a risk because you were saying like, you got fired from your job and you mm-hmm. were like, oh my God, my bills. And then mm-hmm. you're just like, hey, let's do some work for free for a month. Well, you also. Yeah. yeah. So you have to kind of like look at it to where, hey, if I do get let go, do I have a little like plan to get me by so I could go ahead and not get paid for several months, whatever. I already had that 
Okay, so you had up. a small cushion. Exactly. A exactly. small, but not like yeah, yeah, you were hoping it goes somewhere. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always, I was always a forward thinker with that. Mm-hmm. My dad always stressed, save your money, save your money. And that was like, okay, all right, all right, I will. <laughs> and I, I did that just so it's there. And uh, I, I went to that during this process. But after I got on the air, was on payroll and everything was back to normal. So the opposite of a promotion focus is a prevention focus mm-hmm. and it's um, when you focus on what you might lose. So pr- promotion focus is good for things like planning, accuracy, reliability, thoroughness, but like it can kind of get in the way of creativity. Mm-hmm. But the optimal entrepreneurs usually tend to have a combination of both mm-hmm. so that you're looking for where the opportunity can grow. Like what, how can like this, you know, for example, like working interning at the at the radio station oh i can get my music out there maybe i can can work for it towards being a dj a professional dj but then also like knowing okay i have i have a backup plan i have i have some money you know saved up in case things don't work out yeah you have to think about that yeah well um so they actually found so there was a study that was done with um over 200 and 247 entrepreneurs um with Germany's Tomb School of Management. And so uh, what they found out was, so they gave them uh, actual problems with footwear in like five different categories that consumers had actually complained about. And they asked them to come up with solutions. And they found that promotion-focused people came up with more solutions and they also came up with more innovative solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, But so even people who... Even the 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 people that they surveyed who were lower lower in creativity and lower in confident confidence, actually, if they had promotion focus, like basically they were outcome focused, were more successful overall than even people who had high confidence and high um and high creativity. So like you can it's actually a skill you can learn. We'll talk about a little bit later, but it's something that you can actually build on. I agree. To yeah. be looking for yeah. promotions. Yeah. Yeah. Or like to be looking for opportunity. And, then yeah. and to be that. confident in that. When you first, for example, whether it was the mixtapes or like when you were like, I'm going to ask to be this guy's intern. Like, you, you see you had this like vague plan of how it is, but did you almost not want to even say it out loud at that point? Because like you weren't sure if it was going to go through kind of thing. Absolutely. Because you... When you're going through a process that there's a lot of unknowns, you mm-hmm. want to, you don't want to put yourself in a position where there's a lot of expectation yeah. and a certain type of vision of how the outcome is going to be. You just roll with it. And, and that's the thing that's really great about my experiences pre-social media, because yeah. nowadays, something like that, you're already tweeting it out. Oh, yeah. I got an internship at blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you get... 100 likes and people saying congratulations hope it hopes it works out all that good stuff and then something happens yeah and then you get this sort of like okay you just hyped it up but nothing came about it yeah Uh, back then you just have yourself you just have people around you that you want to share this with and to be honest with you i didn't share it with anybody i was just a single guy just just making my grind back then and I I went about my own way. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you so, feel like? Oh, oh, go ahead. I was thinking like you're saying how now there's all this hype about it, but like, do you at least have like a little bit more confidence in terms of like, uh, when 
obviously you never know anything's a sure thing, but being a bit more like, well, like, I guess I'm meaning well, like conscious about that opportunity thinking then, you know, how like this was kind of like you're just in the flow, seeing what happens, mm-hmm. but now you can be more like calculated about it. Oh you yeah. Know? You gotta be. You yeah. Gotta, now I am. Yeah. And that's where I have to be mindful because myself back then isn't the same guy now. I'm not the same person. It went from this high of responsibility to this high. There's a and lot to lose. Just so yeah. yeah. all of you who can't see, he had a lower hand before, <laughs> and then a higher hand, hand the second time. Yeah, because see, and, and because there's in this industry, it's very youth driven, and it's always about having a lot of energy and getting out there. Mm. Whether it's going out to these conventions or these award shows, where it's it's so there's so much energy put out. Mm-hmm. So being older, you kind of like, okay, I need to time what I do because there's a lot more that I'm accounted for. Back mm-hmm. in the day, I would do the whole DJ thing and stay up, party, drink, hose and clothes, all that <laughs> every day of the week because I had the energy. Yeah. And my accountability as far as what I could lose wasn't really like super delicate. Mm-hmm. Now it's like... There's so many things that could fall by the wayside if I just go into that reckless behavior. And I, I don't want to go through that, and I don't want to put myself in a compromising position. Like employees so, and family kind of stuff? That, yeah. Yeah, just knowing that there's a lot at stake if something was to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that those are some of the sacrifices that you make? to like? Do, is it difficult for you, or is it just like, like, no, what are some of the sacrifices? Well, there you go. Now I have to sacrifice certain things because I know that I have to be accountable for it. Like, for example, say I have a buddy that flew in from New York and says, hey, Sam, I'm here. I'm doing an industry party. Come out and hang with me. Mm-hmm. Before, I would just jump and let's go. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, who's going to be there? What time does it, what's going on? Do you really need to be there? There's like, I, I go through a very... Uh, I go through a checklist of priorities because my time is valuable mm-hmm. and I can't just go ahead and go there and mingle mm-hmm. and, and just roll with it like back in the day. So yeah, there are sacrifices when it comes to it. Well, you're always checking what kind of growth, like what, what the gain really is versus like what's going to cost you. Time yeah, wise and exactly. everything costs something. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Uh, like for example, on this past, uh, uh, Super Bowl 50 celebration. Which was right here in the Bay Area. That's right. That's right. We went to the Madden Bowl, which is one of the experiences that uh, celebrities put together and stuff like that, where you have Ludacris and, and all these guys hanging out. Because it timed well, we were able to go to the event and experience it. Believe me, if it wasn't timed well, we wouldn't even bother going there. <laughs> it was just <laughs> the way it goes because... There was an open window. I didn't have any sessions. I didn't have to do an interview, and I didn't have to do any administrative work or anything related to my operations. So mm-hmm. it fit in. Back in the day, I always referred to that. All that would be set aside because, like, it's a hose and clothes. I'm there. <laughs> that's, and, and that's, yeah. So, so yeah, it's that's I like that. And I think that's the way successful people that are still involved in the industry that they love continue to be in it because they know when to make those efforts. Mm-hmm. 
Money holes and clothes, but smoke coming out the nose. You left the radio station for production. Yes. You just like jumped off that cliff. Jumped off that. And there was a part of me that still wanted to keep one foot in the radio, which I did because I still maintain a certain connection with that by still doing mix shows, but I didn't put my time going to the station. I didn't put my time uh, connecting myself with that whole, I got to be in there in person sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I still kept my ties with, with the radio station, I eventually moved to other stations that would still like me to be a DJ mixer on there, but didn't require me to step foot into the office. I would just send it on CD and they'll play it on the air. So I had the luxury of doing it at home and not have to worry about going there and doing anything. OG freelance, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So getting to the production part, that's where everything started evolving. And yeah, that opened up a lot of doors for me. And then you produced some of the some of the dance hits from the nineties, right? Like or late two early two thousands. I would say late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Like in a dream, I love. I co-produced that, and the one that I main produced was the hard to get S Factor song. You want to sing that one? Wait, I have to. I have to. Rem- I have to hear it first. Yeah. So that was that was my main one. <laughs> but was that your like I made it moment? What was your like I personally? Was, yeah, that would that would be it. That would be that song. Yeah. Yeah, and that opened up the doors to a lot of these record labels from New York that were actually reaching out to me saying, "Hey, would you remix this existing track and do it the style you did for the the songs that are playing over at?" radio stations there on the west coast i said sure yeah and one after another i was just busy with that and i had to actually take time off from doing the radio mix dj stuff because hey this this is this is a bigger nest that i have to the the to invest in versus just doing the the dj mixes so yeah that was that was a good run i think that's about ready that's gonna be revived again yeah right I still play it once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, but like in terms of like mixing it in, and like DJs and like obviously like. Oh, mix it in with the current stuff now. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, like innovating oh, on it. Yeah. Well, well people are kind of going back to that well, sound too. It's, it's great that you brought that up because that's the reason why I'm so busy each week at these clubs is yeah. because I bring something to the table that the normal like DJ that just started maybe five, 10 years ago doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I incorporate a lot of that old school stuff and they it would just wow the crowd. Well, it sounds like, fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Whereas the, the, the ten year veteran, he like, what's what the hell is the end of dream? No, he he just he has no clue. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because he's just a newbie. So I bring that to Those the table. Young bloods. These young bloods no idea what's coming. Exactly. And I, I'm not <laughs> knocking them because that's the, just the evolution of the DJ and the trade because when I was at my heyday, putting all together the music and so forth, he was probably like six years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so plus, though, like you know, like a a good DJ a good DJ takes you on a journey. Like exactly. Every, but like, yeah. So if you have the more music you have, the the more varied every experience can be. Right. Like, right. Yeah. And so, like you know, if you're a DJ that's kind of coming up now and you're new, you're 
maybe you know older music, but the music you're probably going to start playing is stuff that's automatically popular and whatever. So you're going to have like the same like 40 songs that everyone plays. Exactly. And the mentality of the DJ now is so commercialized because mm-hmm. everything is on your laptops. Mm-hmm. Whereas before they were on the records. Mm-hmm. I would go to clubs and haul crates and crates of those. Mm-hmm. The DJs now, they're like, what the hell are records? What yeah. are crates? It's almost like it's it's not even DJing anymore. It's just a convenient music player. Shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> and it's becoming more and more easier. So getting back to what you're saying, the DJ should bring something to the table, like bring them, take them on a journey where there's different types of musics, uh, different, different genres mm-hmm. from different decades. That's what I bring to the table. And I enjoy doing that because that's where I feel creativity stands out. Because anyone could play Drake, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne all in a row. You could do it. But can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> but can you do can you mix in like UB forty between that or Earth Wind and Fire or something Madonna? Holiday. I can once you start teaching me. <laughs> I can. Will you? Because it's always been a dream of mine to be a DJ. You have. It's on my list too. You have to think like me. I'm the Jedi Master in this. If you're willing, asking you. Yeah, exactly. If you want, I'll give you a perfect example. If you don't think that Robin Thicke goes into Madonna's holiday, then I don't want to speak to you because that. Yeah, exactly. When you play that song, everyone comes alive. It brings Mm -hmm. the dead back, but. Some DJs they don't connect with that. It's like, oh, that's that's too that's too girly. Or I don't give a fuck. I just <laughs> want people to have a good time. Bring that out of them. Don't don't feel limited because well, you think it's not manly. You know what? Okay, I just had I just had an idea, and this is like t- kind of off topic, but. There's a place that I went to in Portland, Maine called Bubba's Sulky Lounge. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of the best, worst club I've ever been to in my entire life. The whole place, it's like almost like almost like half a block, right? They charge might have been there. It's ridiculous. You go in there and it's like half a, a block line outside. No, no, I'm saying like the, the, whole sp- the whole venue. It's huge. The property. The property is like huge, but it's a bar and they have like all these like the bartenders, like old ladies with like green hair who are like yelling at everybody. They wouldn't give us water before midnight. But the whole place is like covered in like, it basically looks like, I don't know, a hoarder's like antique show. Like there's like old ovens and like, um, there's like doll heads everywhere and like fake ma- and mannequins sitting on couches and like stuffed horses. Like, but then they have this light up dance floor and like they had a nineties night and like, it was literally the most fun I've had in the, like probably the most fun I've had out at a bar just because the place was so ridiculous. But it, it, <laughs> the music was like that. They were like mixing outcasts with like Madonna and yeah. like, it was the funnest thing, and my friend made me promise that I would have like uh, I'd have a my re- my wedding rehearsal dinner there. It was <laughs> so see, incredible. See, that's, <laughs> those are the type of places that are missing. Yeah, straight up because the owner, the management, they said, "Fuck you, we're gonna go ahead and do it our way." And if people come, they will. If they don't, we don't give a fuck. We're gonna have a good time, and I like that because yeah. that's that's out the box thinking that makes things right. Yeah, because well, you just you just mentioned it. The music was off the hook. It's like, whoa, what the hell? And that's a light what, up dance floor. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. And everyone was like, you have to go to Bubba's. You have to go to Bubba's. And we're like, the name is terrible. And then we looked up pictures online and we're like, we're going to this weird ass place. <laughs> yeah. And like, it was incredible. But there you go. Yeah. I, it, the music style was very, I feel like we should all go together. <laughs> I'm in. All right. I think consistently, for me, like I think when art is good is when it makes you recontextualize something that usually has other connotations. Correct. You know, yeah. like um, I, I think that's the only way you live life because you're thinking in an evolving way versus just going with the set norm. I hate that crap. It just, I, it's, it's not what makes the world develop. Everything that we have. From the computers to the futon to the mixer was based on people thinking out the box. Just think if they were just staying with the norm, we wouldn't have anything that we have now. And that requires like good communication with like your audience, you know, to be able to convey that you're that you are recontextualizing it in some way. Yeah, yeah, you have to have that validation, or else you're just going into a direction that people aren't connecting with. That you know, you know the connotation, and you're fucking with it versus like being oblivious to it you know yeah you got it you know Uh, continue (laughs) i'm just like i like where this conversation yes it's vibing it's it's positive yeah i like where this conversation is going so that you you were producer you're still a producer when did you decide to do the okay you want to okay i have a a question you're always jumping in on my questions but i'm gonna let you do this one because you could finish that thought and then i'll continue i just you were just saying how you prioritize stuff now like so that means you have a set of values like well everyone has values yeah so i want to know like what those values are like i don't know i i definitely like what like do you have like a life's work do you have like a like something that's like really like if it's not going towards that then like fuck that there's a certain amount of that thinking, but I blend it and balance it with just common sense because mm-hmm. everything is evolving as much as you, I want to sit here and say, okay, this is what's going to happen in one year, three years, five years. There's a lot of things that will mold you into going someplace else that you cannot fucking control. And yeah. that's where you have to be ready and kick back and say, okay, I need to adapt to it. it Maybe in three years, there won't be any internet. Just just think about that. Mm-hmm. What are you going to be doing? <laughs> Your dream of saying in 10 years, I'm going to be the best podcaster on the planet. Well, that shit just ended. Yeah. What are you going to do? So, and the, Build a network community that, <laughs> that still meets in but, a secret society. Yeah. But maybe yeah. it's something more abstract than that. Yeah. like Is it like you're always working towards growing... Like if your your voice is it you're always working toward like what's so we we try like the chill like what's the ambitious part what's the constant in the, the const- ambitious part the constant to me to what I want to do is to make a difference uh-huh. in in whatever vessel that I get involved in whether it's the music whether it's the show anything I want to make a difference. Yeah, you also that. volunteer regularly with the a Slam positive Show. Impact. Yes, 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 we do. We volunteer once a month over at the local food bank. It's always on a Wednesday from six to eight. We've been doing that ever since two thousand and nine, consistently. Nice. Started out as a group of two, then we expanded, so we average about twenty to thirty people in the group. Do some of your like podcasts? You you stream guests like. Do this with you too? Like, do they, if they, yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, they, they like write in and say, hey, can I come? And you say, yeah. Actually, it's not even like that. It's, it's a small percentage that actually say, can I come? I would have to just bring it up because mm-hmm. th- the reality is people want to 
volunteer, but they just don't know how to go about it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to go about it. I was just moving forward and just figuring out, okay, what can we do to contribute? And you just have to make that first step because once you make that first step, everything else is just going to fall into place. So that's how everything began with the whole volunteer thing. But when it comes down to it, I would just have to bring it up constantly. Hey, would you like to volunteer next month? This is the date. This is the time. Please let me know. Mm -hmm. And I'll walk you through it once you arrive and make it easier for them. Mm -hmm. And once you do it, you get kind of hooked. It's like, wow, this is kind of cool. And afterwards, we get to hang out and go eat. It's like, I'm I'm in. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we do after. Nice. So it's not yeah. like afterwards, all right, see you, see you next month. No, <laughs> no, we come together. And if we have newbies in the group, they would be introduced and find common interests to talk about. And it's, it's just a very lovely situation. Yeah. Like it's, you're very like strong in the community too. Like you, you, you interview a lot of people in the Bay area. You it's, it's very community driven, which is also another reason why I really like liked. Yeah. Everything is about being able to just help. And that's what you were saying as far as the ambitious part is just trying to help because that in the end will, will stimulate other people to help others. Mm-hmm. And that's the end goal for me. You go through certain things in life and you don't want to be redundant with it. Uh, and that's an unfortunate thing that I see with a lot of people is that they like to do things redundantly, whether mm-hmm. it's their their ways of going to the movies or or seeing the, the sunrise. It's like, all right, well, you could go to a different theater. You could go to a different country to see the sunrise. You, you have to expand from that because that's the only way you're going to see that there's more to it than just doing the same thing over and over again. And that kind of connects to where I kind of took a real left turn from the music thing that ultimately led me to doing the podcast because I took a break from doing the music in, in a hardcore fashion and started focusing on the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's I money. Cre- you played? No, but I know how big that industry is. It's huge. We, I, I mean, I, because it's so big, I've been paying attention to it. Yeah. So around the mid-2000s, I, I began taking my hobby, which was playing video games primarily Madden football, the NFL. Okay. And I started checking out like other people that were doing it around the area. And next thing you know, I'm like, wow, this, this thing is huge. And I invested a good three to five years on the whole gaming industry and just thousands. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's where everything started coming together with the show because I ended up through all those contacts with the gaming said, Hey, I could put together a podcast that talks about the gamers Mm -hmm. and voila, there you go. I started out with my partner and we put together just like what you're doing now, just a whole vocal thing. We would do it for like 30, 30 minutes to 45 minutes. And we'll talk about the whole gaming league and how things progress for that week Mm -hmm. and just put it out there. And it was successful. I'm like, Whoa, this is kind of cool. But it would only be seasonal because the NFL is seasonal. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's year round. Mm-hmm. So as soon as, it w- as soon as it became the off season, I was like, okay, we're done. But then my partner said, why don't you just 
like keep doing it every week. I go, but we don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, but just change it up. Talk about entertainment stuff. Talk about music. I'm like, okay, let's give it a shot. Because I'm thinking in my mind, okay, we're now going into a different arena. Yeah, we, we went a, a different audience. A different audience yeah. and a different uh, thesis, so to speak, yeah. as far as what we're trying to accomplish from the simplicity of just the gaming community. Yeah. And that that happened to be going for about six months. And uh, my partner, unfortunately, because of domestic situations, had to leave the the whole show. So I had to start fresh. And that's when the Slam show was born. And then it took off from that point on. It went from just doing the regular audio stuff to the visual stuff that you see on Ustream and YouTube. And uh, I just developed it and we're yeah. still going. Yeah. Um. So that's a perfect example of where I went from doing the normal stuff and just said, hey, I'm going to tackle this that's outside, but still kind of connected to the entertainment, but not really with the music part yeah. and just see where it goes. Yeah. And you already had the audio equipment right? exactly. and stuff like that. So yeah. And you were getting validation, but people wanted more apparently. Yeah. And it was something that I had passion with. You could say, well, what if you wanted to talk about animals or something like that? Zoo animals. Well, I don't oh really. God. Is there a zoo animal podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I bet there is. Oh my God. I want it. Sorry, thank you for saying that. <laughs> You're, welcome. You're welcome. Now, getting back to that on my perspective. Do, Maybe I, I could to, do a zoo animal podcast. You have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, do you have the passion to do it? Do you have the interest to do it? Do you have the knowledge where you could develop an audience that's going to take you where it's going to be valued? Because you don't want to just take it because it's an open-ended topic. You want to be able to know that you're committed Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Well, wasn't yeah, that what totally. you were saying earlier? Now about the the different parts of make of opportunity because like you have the, the passion, yeah. but like say like so you read some article that zoo animals are trending and like everyone's yeah. gonna you're gonna make lots of money if you get into zoo animals. Yeah, like, the, but if you're yeah. just not if, into it, but it's it, about the growth. If, it's about seeing how it, how you can grow well, it. Well, see that that depends on the individual at that standpoint in their yeah, life. Yeah. If they want to say, okay, that's trending and that's going to work. Okay, well, I ain't doing shit. I'm I have nothing to lose. I'll go ahead and invest seeing, my time. Yeah, seeing the growth in that. Like, and it also asks, what is it cost? You know, because you have to weigh opportunity costs, right? Like you're like, okay, so yeah, if you're somebody who maybe has nothing going on, you're kind of like have this idea for zoo animals. Like maybe it's not going to. You know, you decide to go visual because who doesn't love a, a adorable picture of like a baby animal? It's like the number one thing that makes the internet happy. And so you're like, okay, I can just post this on Insta. I can do this through Instagram, whatever. I can do that time, like because you can see the growth. And you're like, okay, I can uh, I can make ad revenue off of like you know partnering with somebody down the road. Like, but that's still seeing that opportunity and saying I'm interested enough to pursue that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna have to like still put a lot of time into oh, it. But say like you, you but say you hate zoo animals. Then you're just it's not, not about worth then, like it. that's what I'm saying. That was my point. Was like just because it's an opportunity, you yeah. have to see yourself being able to be like, oh, believe me, I'd be like into that, yeah. even though just because there's an opportunity. Yeah, but and you can always feel when someone hates something. Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, not always. You're gonna have some people, and I know people right now in the freaking radio industry that are running stations that they don't fucking care about the music they play. At all. Oh, absolutely. They're like, I hate, this, I hate this fucking music, but it pays me well, and I'm just going to go ahead and play. But see, but that's actually not 
like, I mean, I guess in that term, in that way, you they see the gain, right? But like, that's not really a passion project. Like, they're plenty. Like, it's different if it's your own thing. If if it's something that you have to put your own in, your own into, it's your money, your True. name at risk. Like, it's a it's way more personal than that. Right, right, right. And what I'm giving you is a corporate controlled aspect thing. It's yeah. just like whoever yeah. works at a restaurant, obviously bussing tables which i did when i was younger mm-hmm. and doing a paper out and stuff like that it's it's what is what's taking up your time at that moment but yeah. not necessarily something that you're looking as a career goal yeah or you know or something like because it's easy to kind of stay in it and sustain it like i've definitely i until recently was working for corporations you know working for fashion companies and even though i i like designing and i'm a good designer I didn't, it wasn't connecting to what I, like what I'm about, what mm-hmm. my, you know, yeah. what my creativity is really about. And so then you say, okay, bye. Right. But in the meantime, you know, I still actually saw it as an opportunity and thought, how do I plan for my leave? Like, right. how do I, you know, like, yeah, like you, you did. Yeah. You have to think methodically because you're, while you're there, you're putting in your time. Yeah. It's, 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 it's costing not something, something. Yes. Yes. It's costing that. Basically, so you want to get as much value of it. So when you eventually leave or transition, it points you in the right direction and you already have a kickstart versus just like getting up and going and having nothing to reference with. we talk about this a lot it's more like the importance of going towards something than rather than rather than away from something because like people do that a lot when they're like oh once i'm out of this job or like once i'll I'll go there or i'll move to this city but you'll still have the same problems you know wherever you go there you are so it's It's like and that's the same thing when it comes down to just living Mm -hmm. you're regardless you're going to always have bills you're going to have bills if you're going to make a lot of money you're going to have bills when you just make nominal that's just the way it goes it's Mm -hmm. about your passion and what impact you want to make in your existence today plain and simple i like how how passionate you are about this well because this is a fucking passionate show (laughs) i love it it. i'm I'm glad you feel that and i want listeners to understand that the formula is really simple you have to believe in what you want for it to happen and you have to sacrifice for what you want. There's no other shortcut. Absolutely. That's it's, yeah. What are you, what is it though that you chill out on? What do you chill on? You got your ambition? What's mm-hmm. the chill? The What's chill. The chill? Do you mean as a hobby or yeah, like my what? vices that are outside of my main yeah, no, directive? Any of anything that you feel like that lets you let go of all the like gotta make sure this is on my ambition and all that and like is there anything that you know you can just not have to think about that you like what? when you're doing it or like you just enjoy it for the sake of enjoying yeah. yeah oh i have many many enjoyment this <laughs> as, as, you're, as you're saying you're because chill. yeah enjoy. it's it's endless and that's the thing when it comes down to my personality because i do so many things that I focus on on a professional level, level, I do a lot of things on a kickback chill level, whether it's bowling, whether it's playing poker, whether it's going out, working out, doing MMA training. Yeah, I always get MMA snaps from you. Yeah. He's always <laughs> working out. Well, 
not always i no like he, he just I, like oh snap in the gym yeah and i <laughs> and i'll give you the reasons why that's a priority is because there's nothing better than being in a good health form because it just stimulates everything you have a good sound mind you you get out there and you you work on on things that are outside of the norm for one hour i'm talking mm-hmm. about classes here mm-hmm. and it just brings out like wow uh, i'm a different person Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't prioritize that because maybe it's too much time that they have to invest in or they can't afford the membership. But you don't have to do MMA training, UFC gym stuff. Just do something for an hour that just stimulates your body and makes you feel good. Your mind and body. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, you get to lean on. I mean, if you're in classes too, you get to at least take a break. You like give someone else kind of. Uh, a chance to give me instruction. Yeah. 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 And yeah I, you don't have to engage your brain oh, the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And I enjoy that because it's always being able to say, hey, I could take charge, but I could also listen to people. And I, and just to say, I'll be truthful. When I was younger, I was very fucking arrogant. I always wanted it my way. And if it wasn't my way, it's like, fuck you. Whether it's, it's the people I dated, whether it's certain execs that wanted a certain type of sound for me it's like no 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 and now you have to take a step back and understand that that sort of attitude really is poisonous because it kind of sets in a play something that might end up biting you in the butt down the road it's the whole what was the cliche bite not not don't not, bite, bite the hand that feeds you not that one it's where if it has to do where you don't step on someone's hand because that's the hand you're going to have to kiss ass going on the way down. Something like that. Wow, that's really elaborate. I've never heard that one. <laughs> it's, it has to do with the ladder. Yeah. It's, it's a ladder, an ass, who, and ass, ki- and kissing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. It's you're, called the kiss ass ladder. If you want to call it that. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the people that, that you're going to have to deal with on the way down because you only uh, have a certain amount of time where you're going to be like, yeah and, number don't, one. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to piss off those people because those are the ones that you're going to have to kiss ass when you're coming back down. Have you seen that Louis C.K.? There you uh, go. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. yeah with comedian. Joan Rivers? Yeah. But, There's what? an episode when uh, he meets Joan Rivers no. and she gives him the same advice. Yeah. And she's like, be nice to everybody. Like, be nice to, like, the stage managers. Be nice to, like, all these, like, people that, you know, you could easily be like, oh, they're insignificant. Because those are the ones that are going to be, like, when, for whatever reason, your show doesn't go well, who's going to, like, make sure you get fed and make sure, like, yeah. whatever, you get paid and all these sort of things. Exactly. And, like... Because you're you're not gonna always be on top. It's just if yeah. you want any longevity. Well, yeah, and and also like you have a reputation. Like as much as people like to think that that doesn't matter, people really do remember you based on like interaction. Like you know, sometimes you if like you remember somebody in high school, even if you think about it that way. Like I mean, if you you'd be like oh that girl she was a bitch to me blah 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 maybe she's not a nice person now but you, if she doesn't have the opportunity to rectify that that's how everyone's going to remember her even though honestly she's the worst she's the worst person in the world huge skank terrible but thank so, you so according to Dr. Heidi Halverson and to- Tori Higgins who are the authors of Focus um, their steps for their ingredients for being promotion focused for success um, or that our step one is to write down several goals you have for 
your venture or whatever it is. And then for each goal, make a list of ways in which you will gain something if you're successful. So like, is that enough to just think of the goal? It's like, what is the outcome of that goal? Like, what is the the driving force behind it? Like, what might happen? What might that lead to? And then, so like, read through them, read through the goals and potential gains on, it says on a daily basis or before undertaking any important task. I probably wouldn't read it on a daily basis, but that's because I'm terrible at that stuff. <laughs> and then two uh, is to picture yourself five or 10 years down the road and ask what you would ideally like to be. And then like, think about your aspirations, think about your dreams, things you hope to accomplish, because thinking about who your ideal future self will help you put you in on that trajectory. Like they should be in line. And then three is to reflect on your past and to think about a recent big win or accomplishment. Um, a time that you felt really great about something you were able to achieve. Uh, and like, and then thinking, they just say that thinking about past gains puts us in promotion focus. So like being aware of what the gains could be and then ad- acknowledging past gains. I like that in that I do think looking for our opportunity, being really clear on your goals, I think is definitely step one. But, and, and making sure though, that's the right goal. Cause a lot of times we think like, uh, like my goal is actually to get this internship, but really maybe your goal is actually to get on the radio. So maybe there's actually other steps that you could take besides that one internship. Yeah. So and like, you get really focused on like, I need this one thing to have happen when then you start forgetting all the other, the other paths path. to get to your real goal. You said you had a dad that was entrepreneurial. Oh, right. Or he, no, he no. just instilled in you to, to save and be pragmatic. And- That's pretty much it. <laughs> it was just a money thing. He, my dad was just a hard worker and just knowing that sort of ethic uh, took me where I had to kind of listen to certain things he had to say. Uh, he didn't necessarily believe in all what I was interested in because he was from the old world and wanted like, okay, you need to do this. You need to be a lawyer. You need to be a attorney, doctor, whatever, something of significance. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way the culture is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Hey, I, I didn't do that. So uh, you're a life yeah. innovator. You're a life innovator. It's Cause oh, yeah. you rethought what your, what your idea of success was. Exactly. And it was what I felt was going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you want to do because if you're not happy, you're just you're just slowly dying in a way that, hey, if I was happy, I'd, I'd live a more fulfilled life. Oh, thank you so much for being with us, Sam, and sharing your wisdom. Absolutely. Glad to be a, really fun. Glad to be a part of your program. Yeah. It's Did always good fun? to be Yes. It's always good to be interviewed for a change. Yeah. Like to be on the other side. Especially yeah. when it's very cerebral like this. It's it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get heady. We get we yeah, we like to think. Um, I like to be back too. Oh yeah, yeah, we'd love to have you on next time next time we're recording out here. Slam and Sam part two. two. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Slam and Sam. Something like that, ladies and gentlemen. So how so to for people who want to find you, the slamshow.com? Correct. Or the slamshow.tv. 
or the slamshow.tv. Alicia does the same thing. I just wanted to capture that TVN. That TV. Yeah. Okay. And then if people want to hear your music, is there a separate site? Do you have a SoundCloud or what? I, I do have a SoundCloud, but SoundCloud is going through a lot of BS. Yeah, yeah they, they take down so much music. Yeah, so you would have to go to MixCrate.com, just like it sounds. Oh, yeah, MixCrate, yeah. Yeah, and just type in DJ Slam and Sam, just like it sounds, and you'll find my library of free downloads of my past work and current. Awesome. And, and enjoy. And uh, you're on Facebook, and Instagram. And Snapchat. And Snapchat. How do they find you on those social medias? You would type in, I am slamming. I am slamming. <laughs> or just Google my name and everything will come up as far as the search results. And yeah, is there anything no, else? No. Okay, can I say yeah. some special shout outs? Yes, okay, please. yeah, shout, shout, shout it All out. Right. I'd like to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to... Share my story. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Thank you. I'd like to give a shout out to my significant other, Lady Sage. Babe hey, alert. Lady Sage. And all my crew, my associates. There's so many of them. I'll just go ahead and broaden it. Mm-hmm. That way no one's feelings get hurt. My family and everyone that's been supporting me from day one, thank you very much. Oh, that oh, was lovely. That was. That was absolutely lovely. Thank you. Gotta be, you you got to have that gratitude. have a slam and sam yep um so hope you liked it we're actually reflecting on the episode doing some takeaways about what we thought his strengths were and what you might be able to pull from him it's <laughs> a slamming um some slamming takeaways <laughs> what i really like about him is um how how he, he sees opportunities and goes for them but he kind of as like a, something prepared, you know, like just in case, like he knew he, he went up to that DJ and was like, Hey, um, I'd love to work for this radio station. And just kind of like he, but he had the, he had the ability to back it up. Well, he was very proactive. He's ready. He's, he's ready. He sees the opportunity and I feel like he goes for it and he tries to, uh, he tries to make it for what it is. I think sometimes we have this idea like opportunity comes knocking, like like it just shows up at your door packaged in this way. And I think he was pretty good at um, just like seeing the landscape and like being able to be like, okay, I see that like, you know, he was put himself in a certain situation when he lost a job. And then when he was like, you know, maybe I should go talk to the DJ or every single time where he was actually trying to pivot in terms of like he got into the gaming thing and then got into the podcasting. It was just kind of like being able to actually see it, but then also make moves on the potential opportunity. Yeah. And because he was always prepared, um, that like meant that like, uh, I really liked what he said about reputation about how, you know, like your reputation follows you and like that kind of, you know, reputation really does matter. And in terms of just having that preparedness and like going after things you want and, and not being like, oh, I want this, but then I'm going to flake on it or whatever. Like that's just he only, follows up. He follows up. And and I think reputation, I think of reputation as currency, mm-hmm. you know, um, having credibility like matters so much more than like where you've worked before, what you've done before. 
And then, and then, like instilling that in a short amount of time, there's the reputation that precedes you. But especially when he was starting out in these new industries where nobody knew him, it seems like he was pretty able, like, to quickly just show that he's a go-getter. Like the fact that you would make that move in the first place shows yeah. a lot. And I don't know. I guess I, I do respect that a lot. It like makes me think of, um, like, he talks about timing, right? Like, yeah. so opportunity is something where. You can't... Uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Exactly. And, you know, we have all these examples of that. But I have this story where um, the first job I ever was... I, I was like, I want a job. And I want to start making my own money because I, I want to start my financial independence. And my dad had me... Um, I was going to get, like, a job at a restaurant or something. You know, this is, like, in high school. He drove me around to, like, all the random restaurants in town and was like, you're going to go in there and you're going to be like, hi, like, you know, be presentable and say, you know, that you're looking for a job, you're looking to help out wherever and that, you know, you're a hard worker and da, 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 and if you had any openings. We went to three restaurants before one of them was like, actually, we just lost a hostess yesterday. Um, you know, you seem like you're well-spoken enough, you present yourself enough, like, yeah, sure, come in Friday, let's try it. And I was like, oh, and I was like, Dude, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> like, this stuff works. He's like, yeah, the best jobs are the ones that aren't advertised yet. You Mr. Know? Chow Chow Chow. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, Mr. Chow Chow Chow. But it's true. It's like you have to be ready. You present yourself. And then like that then opportunity yeah. was there, but the timing had to be right. And then you had to find it. But, you know, chances were, you know, there's probably some restaurant in the town that had an opening, I guess, if you went that way. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, and the other thing I really liked about him was the idea of rejecting redundancy is just to like, he talked about how it's like, okay, well I've been doing production now or I've been doing DJing now. I want to move to production. Like how do you slowly like, and they're all kind of related. So they build on skills that you, you already had. Mm-hmm. And then he already had that equipment from producing. And so he wanted to start his podcast or his like video cast for TVPN or whatever. And I really like that idea of just like building on, building with the blocks you already have you know right yeah he's not um so yeah he doesn't he doesn't shy away from promoting himself on those things no he goes for it he does even if it's not perfect he goes for it yeah (laughs) so you gotta do it um so the question this week's question you didn't know was relevant is how can you be better prepared for your passions for your passions for when the opportunity strikes. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, if you know, thinking about your passions and these other things that you want to do, like we talked about how, um, I like that. Yeah. I used to have a friend who would, um, when I was designing, he'd be like, if Alexander Wang sat down next to you the next day, what would you say to him? Do you know what you would say? You have opportunities saying from you, like, do you have that ready? And I'm like, elevator pitch. Yeah. You know, like how would you approach that? And like having to think about like, Okay, so suppose you want to go for this. Say the dream situation like shows up. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you know how to present yourself? Do you know what you talk about? Do you yeah. Know, like, Absolutely. Can you back? Can you back it up? So just ask yourself how you can be better prepared for your passions. Yeah. And do that. Think about that ideal situation too. Yeah. Would you be ready? Um, do we have a uh, a letter? A letter. Us? So this week's um, review. It's actually. a a message we received um, comes from a listener who said, your kink episode is amazing. Um, 
And after asking what they got out of it, they said, I just liked hearing someone talk extensively about it. I listened to Savage Lovecast and get snippets here and there, but it was nice to dive in. Well, thanks. We're so glad you got so much out of it. We've gotten a lot of great feedback about that episode, um, The Kink and Consciousness with Mina McQueen. Um, it's been a really fun one. That one was a lot of learning for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you like that and you like this, uh, make sure that you follow us on all the social medias at Chill Ambitious and check the website for all additional content, chillandambitious.com. Um, and also we like to point out, so sometimes we record in breathers, which are spaces that you can like, it's basically workspaces that you can rent by the hour. You just like need a, some time away in the middle of the day or um, you have like a meeting and you want to do it off site, you can rent them by the hour. Um, we record in them sometimes and they gave us um, a special code. So if you use the code chill and you ever need to use breather, um, the code chill will get you $45 off, which is usually more than an hour's worth. That's for right. Free. So they're really nice rooms too. Yeah, they're very well designed. Um, so check them out at breather.com or don't, whatever. <laughs> uh, let you know. Yeah, let us know what you think of them. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I'm O. I'm No. And thanks for being with us. Bye. Bye.